Spring is about to sprung. <laughs> Does that even make sense? I'm not even certain. But welcome to Lockdown Marlins. It's Thursday, the 23rd of February. And guys, I want to go back and look at some of the comments that have been made by Bruce Sherman, Kim Ang, and Skip Schumacher. And as well, look ahead. Looking ahead to baseball, spring baseball, spring Marlins baseball coming this weekend. And what we're likely to see, particularly on Sunday, all on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up at Miami Marlins underscore UK on Twitter. No TikToks, no Instas for me. I am too old. If you are listening to the pod, hit subscribe. It is your team every day. And there is a YouTube channel. Head over to there. And if you are watching on YouTube, hello, greetings, and welcome to sunny England. It is the sun is shining. It's glorious today. Glorious. It's cold, but glorious. Nevertheless, uh, thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. It's Thursday, the 23rd of February. There's no baseball today, um, but there will be very, very soon. Guys, I wanted to take some time today to dig into some of the comments that we've heard in the past few days. Uh, clearly, uh, media availability is happening, you know, daily right now. We're getting various quotes and comments around, so it's fun just to kind of dig into some of them uh, and, and look ahead. Let's start. Let's start with Bruce Sherman. Um, I, you know, Bruce was out, and it was it was an interesting uh, couple of sound bites from Bruce. Nothing crazy, but firstly, he started out by saying the Marlins are not for sale. Um, I'm sticking around forever, effectively, and you've got me now forever. So Bruce was out just to quash those rumors that had circulated a few few weeks back. So Marlins not for sale. Uh, but the one thing for Bruce, he was on the front foot in many ways, saying that. You know, he wants to win. We want to win, and we want to win now. Um, we'll talk about Skip Schumacher and how he plays into that as well shortly. But Bruce Sherman on the front foot, we want to win. If you remember last year, it was we want to spend and we want to spend now. But now he, the spending has already been done, um, it seems. And that's where he went to with the fact that he called out. This is the, the second highest payroll ever for the organization. Second highest ever. Um, I guess what he didn't really get into is the fact that where this where the Marlins sit in terms of MLB right now. But that's kind of irrelevant. As long as you use your own club as the baseline, then that's fine. And he's calling out the second highest ever payroll. Um, I, I'm not sure if he was 100% accurate on that. Close enough anyway. Fundamentally, what Bruce Sherman's saying is we've invested in the team. He also wanted to say that the uh, that you know every dollar that's, that the fans put in to the team by turning up to games... That ends up on the field too. It's not about profits for him. It's about what's the product on the field. It's great to hear. It's what we want to hear. Uh, you know, there's no way of verifying that is that is truthful because um, the company reports uh, are, are not visible, not a publicly listed company, so we don't actually know that that's true. But I think overall, not. not I definitely don't want to slander Bruce Sherman about this. You know, fundamentally, the Marlins, we see the ballpark. We see the attendances. They are they you know they're tiny in comparison to the other teams. The Marlins have a budget. We know this. They're operating within their constraints. Um, and let's be honest, the payroll has risen. 
it has risen uh, this year. They've signed a few guys. Clearly, some arbitration numbers are, are kind of adding to the overall payroll. So some of that is outside of their control. But the Marlins, and he did, Bruce did call this out too. Percentage-wise, Marlins are one of the biggest percentage increases in payroll. That's, you know, it's interesting. When you use percentages rather than dollar amounts, that's, you know, it depends which lens you want to look through. And when you've got a small amount that increases by a, you know, an okay amount, the percentage is high. Um, so Bruce Sherman doing some wonderful management accounting is how I would describe it there. But Bruce is out there saying, we are not selling the team. And we are putting every dollar on into the team, not just the 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 guys on on the actual field but he's also talking about renovating i think jupiter he's also obviously been out there talking about this new academy in in the dominican which looks fantastic by the way so you know overall with bruce he's saying he wants to win dollars are on the field dollars are in the infrastructure uh it's a new it's a new staff in new mentality new culture let's go overall i i, I liked what i heard from bruce um and overall i i i like bruce sherman I do. I just get a warm feeling about him. And, you know, I do hope that that it works out, clearly. I and mean, we, all, we all hope it works out. And the other thing that he did call out as well in his presser was that the Marlins have made the postseason once in his time, uh, but there was no fans allowed uh, in the ballparks in, at, at that point. So, you know, it wasn't, wasn't great. wasn't a, a great experience. And he hopes to rectify that. So Bruce saying all the right things. I love to hear it. Absolutely love to hear it. Um, Skip Schumacher, I must say, has been uber, uber impressive. I would say in the uh, in the, in the presses he's been out there. There's a few like knock-on effects in terms of what Bru- uh, Bruce, what Skip is talking about, and what I mean by that particularly links to the pitching staff. This seems to be one of these stories that's I don't even know if it's a story, but we're talking about six-man rotations. Christina Di Nicola mentioned it a few weeks back. Uh, there was another follow-up question around that topic, uh, potentially by Craig Mish. Definitely Mish put a tweet out about this. It's trying to line up the rotation, what it could mean, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we've got this storyline going. I want to talk about that shortly. But for Skip Schumacher, the things that have stood out to me when I've listened to him is, and this is why it's maybe different to to Donnie, Skip, when he was talking about his, his, um, his meeting, is kind of like kickoff meeting. What was it like? The the thing that made me smile was he just said, it was short. It was short because trust me, I've been in those rooms and it's all about getting over the key topics. You'll lose the room quickly, fundamentally. And it isn't about that. Isn't it, the, the thoughts I had weren't specifically about that. What struck me and what, you know, is, is obvious and why it's different to Donnie is that Skip Schumacher is tuned in to what modern day players are like, how modern day players feel and and operate. You know, he's only relatively recently retired. And I think this, this really helps Skip tune in to the current and the modern baseball player. And this is maybe perhaps where, you know, Donnie, decent amount of time since he retired from a playing side and you know, some of the maybe old school methodologies in the clubhouse last year, let's say, with the old guard of Miguel Rojas and Jesus Aguilar and Anthony Bass. You know, this is the way we've always done it. This is the way we will continue to do it. It's all about evolution. And for me, Skip is young enough, driven enough, understands the modern day player well enough and as good as anyone. To me, 
gives him the opportunity to really create the conditions for success. That's my takeaway from Skip Schumacher. He is he is one hundred percent driven, and you know he wants to he wants to win. And that's another another soundbite of his. I think Alex Carver called it out on on the Fish Stripes Live uh, show last night. Go and check that out. It was a fun show, and you know, it was great because the guys the guys on on the streams now a lot of them are in and around the the ball um, the the club right now at Spring like on a daily basis. So it's a great source of information the guys are there they're having the conversations etc so do check it out but alex carver did call it out skip schumacher he's never heard a marlins manager ever use the w word win as often frequently um than, than skip schumacher my overall impressions have been really positive i'm liking what i'm hearing the feedback from the players uh, not to say that i mean listen if you're a player and you know what are you going to say you're going to say hey well, i'm not really sure about skip schumacher and his staff so pinch of salt you know, clearly it's most likely you would get you know, compliments coming out and good vibes, but they are the vibes right now. The Fish Stripes guys equally call out as well. The vibe is different. It's different to last year. There's a lot of changes since last year, obviously. The management, the staff, the personnel, a lot has changed, and it seems like it's for the better, and that is not a bad thing. Clearly, when we go back to last year, there were so many issues going on, um, which isn't uncommon, um, but... I'm glad to hear that things have changed and the vibe is better than it's ever been. And again, it's one of those, it just gives you every opportunity for success. A bit like Bruce, where he's saying, we're going to put every dollar on the field, give our chance, give a chance to succeed. For the players, mentally, to be in the right spot, to be enjoying their baseball, to be feeling it. And equally, the coaching staff, to give them what they need to take it to the next level. Skip's talking about getting better every day. It doesn't have to be big gains, big leaps, just small little things every day. It accumulates. Love that methodology from Skip. Absolutely love it. Um, let's talk about our good friends over at FanDuel, and let's get the graphics pumped. I love those graphics. They are flames. Um, and it is midway point of the NBA season. Wow, wow, wow. It's here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. Yes, sir. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a higher and bigger payout with the same game parlay. I love those parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. It's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Wonderful. Okay, so that's the takeaway from Skip and my impressions of him. Positive. Bruce, positive. Um, I guess the one other thing as well, just on... Uh, on Bruce is he kind of alluded to, hey, we're not we're not quite done yet. The offseason has not ended. Um, so we're interested to see what that means. He was equally mentioning like minor league guys as well. Like Bruce is still, you know, he's still getting Kim cooking. Um, what we do know is there's gonna be two spaces available on the 40 man, uh, both Anthony Bender and Max Meyer, and will be moved um to the 60-day IL at some point. They won't be involved um at all this year, I don't believe. So there's gonna be space on the 40 man. Uh, equally, there's some guys, some non-roster invitees um, that may be vying for those spots. And uh, we'll maybe talk about them at the back end. There's actually no. 
Briefly, let's talk about the non-roster invitees and who has the biggest chance to make and crack the roster. Um, for me, I think there's two of the most obvious candidates. Uh, Hampson, Garrett Hampson, and Devin Smeltzer. I think there's a decent chance that both of those guys make the roster. The 26th man um, coming out uh, into opening day. Smeltzer for me, uh, and this kind of gets into the sixth man. Actually, I'm going off script. Let's talk about the six-man rotation as well, and because this pertains to, to Smeltzer too. So the six-man has come up because fundamentally the Marlins have got six, you know, on paper, healthy and good arms um, that could and should be in a major league starting rotation. So what's driving this is we've got too many arms and not enough rotation spots. Edward Cabrera has zero minor league options, so he's on the roster. Um, and then it comes down to uh, how do you feel about Braxton Garrett? I think that's fundamentally what the question is at this point. Or how does Trevor Rogers look? Because, listen, Trevor Rogers, he had a poor 2022. So if Trevor has a nice spring, as does Brax, this comes down to what's happening with, with Braxton Garrett. For me, there's no value. And Isaac Azut talked about this yesterday. And I'm in agreement with Isaac that... Uh, Braxton Garrett should be should be sent down to AAA, waiting for his opportunity as a starter. He proved it last year. It was a wonderful year for Braxton Garrett. He really kicked on, surprised everyone, to be honest with you. And we hope to see some of the same. I did speak about Braxton Garrett coming out of the pen in the future, but that is not right now. You know, midway through the year, if a few of the other guys have, have developed and are knocking on the door, and all of a sudden maybe Braxton Garrett's opportunity is shrunken, I do think there's a there's a really nice long man or, or reliever in there with Braxton Garrett. Not to start the year, though. Having six men for five spots is fine. Send that sixth man down to AAA and start the year there. He's in a holding pattern, ready to go, when inevitably, you know, a month in, two months in, whatever it is, someone will need a, will need a rest. Someone will, will get hurt. It's just the way it is with pitching. And so that's what I would be doing. What that means, though... Going into the start of the year, this is why it pertains to Smelter, why I've gone off on a random segue or two here. But I think Smelter for me looks the perfect long man. He really does. And a guy that could also hop up and make a spot start, whatever it might be. Um, you know, I, I think there's a real good chance that he he makes this roster, um, to be honest with you. So that's one of the 40-man spots going to be taken. And I think Smelter will get it. I also think that Garrett Hampson has a real good opportunity of making the roster. For a couple of reasons, there's some position versatility in there, um, you know, in the outfield plus in the infield. Um, really, this boils down to, do the Marlins prefer Jordan Groshans? Well, does Groshans or Amaya, do they earn a spot through spring in some ways and they have to be on the roster? If not, then perhaps you then think, do you know what? Garrett Hampson, perfect. He's got the versatility. He's a veteran guy. We like him. Let's have him as the bench bat and send Jordan Groshans down to AAA to get ev everyday plate appearances and at bats. Again, that's what it comes down to. What the Marlins want to do with Jordan Groshans and Jacob Amaya. Do they want them sat on the bench? Because, you know, fundamentally the playing time pathway isn't obvious with everyone being healthy. And again, we know it's the same with the pitchers. You know, within a month, within six weeks, you know, someone will tweak a hammy, someone will need a break, and there'll be a need to get these guys up. So this isn't like a year long thing. This, you know, this like what's the opening day 
roster in many ways is kind of irrelevant because it's all about the depth, the fluidity, and the versatility. But overall, for me, I look at this and think Smelter and Hampson, good opportunities to make, you know, take those 40-man spots and opening day spots too. Versatility, experience, really like Smelter. I think uh, he could be a real nice under-the-radar uh, addition, to be honest with you. Braxton Garrett down at AAA. I don't see, just on the six-man rotation, I just, I just don't understand why the Marlins would ever want to go down that pathway. It, it doesn't make any sense to me at this point. The only reason you would do that later in the year, probably, is if you then start to need to think about everyone else apart from Sandy and, and maybe Cueto and limiting innings. That's the only reason you would use a six-man is about limiting innings. But I think for the Marlins, that's something to think about later in the year. If things, if they have a typical Marlins season, they can do that at the back end with limited amounts of pressure. If they have a 1997 Marlins style or a 2003 style or a 2020, then again, there's there's options there for them. If indeed they think, hey, we're in the hunt here, we need to keep everyone fresh. You know, and Eli talked about this yesterday, and I think it was a fair point that the guys, there's a lot of question marks about the innings uh, and history shows that the majority of the guys just haven't been able to deliver a full body of work. They just haven't. And so that is the key question mark on the starting rotation. I'm going to talk about specifically about the rotation in all likelihood on tomorrow's episode, talking about the spring battles. And I've kind of alluded to some of them now already, but I do think it's one of the main sound bites that's come out in the last couple of days, six-man rotation. For me personally, no to six-man rotation to start things. Braxton Garrett down to AAA. He needs to be there. He needs to be ready to go. Devin Smelter makes the uh, makes the roster and equally can, can step up and start some games as well. So the Marlins do have like a couple of guys there in Garrett and Smelter, if required. The other soundbite as well that I wanted to touch on the last kind of two, three, four minutes, so I'm running long, but that's standard, and I've probably missed a few. But the other one came from Jazz Chisholm Jr., and it was not with the media guys specifically, but it was with... Um, with Tobin and Leroy on their show. Uh, those guys were live, so Jazz joined the show, which is great to see. And I think the one thing, so I spoke about a couple of days back, Jazz talking about center field, but equally, he in multiple times mentioned when the Marlins need me back at shortstop, at least twice or three times in that conversation. Something that was on my mind, I spoke, I think for the outfield, um, the outfield spring spring battles, was, well, what happens if Jazz just is an absolute stud in center field? You know, is he going to become a center fielder forever? Is that the plan? Is that is that what could happen? And it is possible. But I think with Jazz's comments, clearly for him, he still eyes himself as a shortstop and still wants to be a shortstop. He's doing the center field thing for the team. But from Kim's perspective, Kim at some point needs to find a way to solve the center field riddle longer term. And then Jazz then fills the, the shortstop riddle long-term as well, potentially. And there are a few others around there, and Groshans and Amaya, et cetera. But they don't have the stick upside that Jazz does, clearly. Um, right now, anyway, at shortstop. The question will come about Jazz's ability at shortstop. The question will come about Jazz's ability at center field very quickly. And that's where we'll finish this episode, guys. When we look ahead, the Marlins will be playing a game on Saturday. Braxton Garrett, talked about a lot this episode, will be starting the game um, and probably get two innings, whatever it might be. 
But the bigger news, Sunday's game, this is going to be a juicy one. And it's on TV, so we have the coverage, which is great. No more of the um, the, the GoPro from miles away that you can barely see, uh, which is useful. Uh, but why is it interesting Sunday? Well, you've got two pitchers scheduled to go back-to-back. Johnny Cueto getting the ball, I believe, to start. And then Uri Perez making his spring training debut for the Marlins on Sunday. So Cueto into Uri Perez. And as well on the offensive side, we get our first look at Jazz Chisholm Jr. inside the field in an actual game. I am pumped. Baseball is on its way back. Bruce is pumped. Skip's pumped. The clubhouse culture is absolutely en fuego. This rotation en fuego. Offense looks pumped. Boy, oh boy. I'm absolutely pumped. <laughs> Thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. If you are thinking about your second listen, head over to Locked On MLB Prospects. Lindsey Crosby has got you covered over there. And I also, of course, will have you covered tomorrow on Friday's episode of Locked On. Until then, enjoy your Thursdays. I'll see you tomorrow.